is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another London is Blue podcast. As always, your host Brandon, Joe, my co-host Nick and Dan, and gentlemen, we've got midweek match review Arsenal this time, a little bit of a London derby. And it was crap. So we'll go ahead and see how we get through this, Nick. But, uh, you know, strategic or playing our cards well, you know, being strategic, we brought in a guest. So win or lose, we've got some excitement. Yeah, we were looking at the schedule earlier this month and we we're like, look, Arsenal, terrible team, bad run of form. Let's bring on a, a, a dead ringer for this episode. Let's get the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Ryan Ruiz back on the show to to bask in the glory of defeating Arsenal yet again. And, uh, and it didn't, didn't quite work like that. Huh, Mike? I, I thought it was a natural setup for terrible teams. So terrible guest. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I appreciate you not taking the, the easy route there. I appreciate all the kind words guys. And it's an honor to join you once again. And Brandon, thank you for gracing us with your presence. Oh, boom. What are you talking about? In I've your got face. Plenty of caps this season. <laughs> Look, you didn't uh, even you didn't even mention Mike's high lie experience, his success in that industry. Like nothing. You're just gonna bypass right to the shit. Like I I, I don't understand it. People don't want us to get to the Arsenal shit. They don't. Yeah, well, this is a highlight podcast now. So God bless. <laughs> We're taking over, Nick. Brandon. <laughs> huh. Yeah. It's Brandon, weird. that's what happens when you get on a Zach Steffen type of rotation. You're oh. not as sharp. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Shocking. Oh, no. Uh, undef- indefensible. Uh, I, I would your like position? I've yes, a absolutely. Of a lot more. <laughs> Fuck you. You wrote the script, so we're going to follow it. Get out of here, you fucking piling on nonsense. Hmm. Anyways, as Dan wrote, we're going to be talking about that. He's a cup fugly. host. He's a cup host. <laughs> <laughs> we just end this. Oh, man. Anyways, a fugly ass performance. Then we'll talk about Tuchel's predicament and then the run into the season's end because, well, I mean, only a few matches left. So three word match review. Dan, if you can be bothered, go ahead and run us through what the people, the real people. Well, I can be bothered. I tweeted through all of it. Uh, Look, Frankie with the don't bother recording. Didn't know that she didn't know that we had Mike Ryan Reese on, though. So. Like, we're going to record. Uh, Melanie with the please God no, Brit with at God why, <laughs> McLeese with the var sar bar, Derek KG with two, tell a story. Uh, these things happen and table don't lie. Mr. Thurman with the why, not us, exclamation points into infinity. CFC Central with the defense rests, your honor. Um, Tana with the 11 goals conceded, and Connor. Trying to keep it positive with a positive Arteta stays. Condemning Arsenal to another year of sixth to ninth place. And, you know, there we go. I guess maybe that's the strategy behind all this nonsense. Um, look, I went with kiddie pool depth because that's about as Oof. great as this team looked today with the changes. Uh, Dan, you had? Bully witnesses warts. Because Todd Bully was in attendance at the match and uh, has had a chance to see two very... <laughs> Unfortunate defeats. Not, shit, Dan. They were they were shit. I think not that they're say. connected. Is that your three word review? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, bullies off to rocky start. Anyways, Nick, you're maybe you want to change and go back to that. No, I'm ready for summer. <laughs> the season has dragged on so long. I'm I'm ready. Hashtag S- summer bod. Let's go. That's right. All right, Mike Ryan. What about you? Barca and Putin. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, the two most meddlesome forces with our season. 
Oh my goodness. And I can't decide which one's been more meddlesome. Well, I mean, there's a lot of, <laughs> as we are in full uh, purchasing season right now, a lot of meddling happened, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of consequences in the world. But, Dan, we want to do say some thank yous to the people that are helping us out and joining the Patreon fam. Yeah, Dan and Jonathan joining us on Patreon and access to the Discord family. We do love Mike Ryan Ruiz, so they're going to be very happy with this episode. Apple Podcasts with Sock a Playa 9, leaving a five-star Apple Podcast review. We appreciate that. Helps people find the show. And then Spotify. Well, look, we're on the march to 1,000. 4.9 out of 920 reviews on Spotify. Uh, we're just trying to get to that Levitard level, and uh, we're going to get there eventually. But uh, help us out. Leave a five-star review. Look, as long as we're above ESPN FC and Craig Burley, I think that's at least a notch on the old belt. About, about like 300. So uh, perfect. Different. It's a low bar to clear. Yeah. 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 Well, I just want to make sure we can clear that one. Yeah. Uh, look, it was Arsenal this past Wednesday, the 20th of April in the Premier League at Stanford Bridge. Scoreline, in case you somehow missed it, Chelsea 2, Arsenal 4. Uh, clearly not going to run through the goals because especially if you uh, take Tuchel's quotes, he felt like we pretty much scored or assisted all of them. And you can understand why. So we'll just go ahead and let the fifth stand uh, take this one from here. Uh, if you're unaware, Chelsea has... An official app, the Fifth Stand app. They break all their content news yeah. there. So thanks to them for letting us uh, use the highlights. No, Jake, just just do sad trombone music and then just get yeah. right back to the lineup. And we'll womp, be right back. Womp, womp, womp. I think if I watch the highlights again, I will cry. So we'll just say Nick said it all. Good trumpet. All right. Well, dealer's choice on that one. But let's go ahead and jump into the lineup and see how it all started, Dan. Let's say about Mendy between the sticks. Sar. Christensen and James as your defense with Alonzo and Golo Kante. You got to use air quotes. Defense. Uh, it was assumed. Uh, as for Laqueta as your uh, midfield four, and then <laughs> forwards included Lukaku, Werner, and Mason Mount. Subs included Keparitha Balaga, Chalaba, Jorginho, Ross Barkley, Christian Blissick, and Saul on the bench unused, and Thiago Silva coming on at half, along with Hakim Ziyech and Kai Havertz coming in uh, much later in the match. All right. Well, some of the top-line stats as I take my way to somberly get through this. Chelsea was 67.6% possession. We had 11 shots, but only two on target, yet they both went in. Uh, Arsenal had 14 shots, four on target. Uh, we had 22 tackles there, 20 pretty even. We had four clearances. Uh, Arsenal had 25. That is not a typo. We had six corners there, one. One offside, so there, four. Well done, Timo. Three cautions there, one. Aspie getting stuck in. Uh, seven fouls to there, six. So quite scrappy, very ugly. Uh, a lot to happen on that one. Uh, XG, we have 1.8 for Arsenal, 0.75 for Chelsea. So both teams absolutely overperforming on that. And it was what it was. Mike Ryan, stats, lineup, what stood out to you, sir? Uh, the fact that uh, Chelsea were so wasteful with their possession. If you look at the counting stats, when with regards to shots and shots on target, uh, Arsenal, I know one of them was extremely controversial. Arsenal did just as much with their limited possession as we did with all of ours. It was a, a throwback to the Lampard days. Very wasteful. It was good to see Timo get some luck <laughs> uh, at the what may perhaps be the end of his uh, Chelsea tenure here. We'll see what the offseason uh, has for him. He's playing, credit to him, some of his best football in that shirt, if not his best. Um, so it's it's encouraging to see there. Uh, I am about done with a handful of players on this team, and you can't really see that in the counting stats. So I'll let you guys do the deep dive into the analytics. 
and I'm here for the takes. I love it. I just realized that uh, all six shots on target went in. I wonder when the last time that happened was. I'm sure. I, I'm actually surprised that's not an opt to just stat I saw. Well, speaking of that, off to Joe, here they are with three. The three times that Chelsea have conceded three or more goals at home in the Premier League under Thomas Tuchel have all come in April. West Brom last season, Brentford and Arsenal this uh, month. So April showers. Yeah, real funny. Thanks, Opta Joe. Knew we hated uh, that number. I knew we hated that number. Yeah, huh? Yeah. See ya. Three wireless. Uh, and Pet Shithouse moment of the match. Yeah, didn't didn't think so. He's nodding his head uh, with absolute disgust that there was no shithousery. Uh, at least Aspie was up for a fight. I thought he was going to deck someone. I just wasn't sure if it was going to be an Arsenal player or a fan. Yeah, I mean, we, we could talk about that, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, after the match, you know, Aspie going around as he normally does, fulfilling his captainly duties, getting uh, the business from a few fans, uh, decided to go over and, and give some of the business back. Uh, here, Here's the problem I have, Mike, with, with this situation is like, I understand it, it was pretty toxic uh, in there today. It, it was a tough atmosphere. It's a tough match to watch, right? Uh, so if you're in the stadium, you're probably beside yourself uh, watching us lose to a really shit Arsenal team. If you're going to give the captain of Chelsea Football Club the business and then the minute he starts to walk over, go, oh, no, oh, yeah, no, let me... Just stand up and be about it. That's all I have to say. Like, at least go two-footed in if you're going to do it. I don't think that's the guy to do it to, by the way. Yeah, I, I actually initially had that take and, and realized that person may really value those awesome seats and probably runs the risk of being banned from the grounds if uh, things escalate. So I thought he was probably wise to uh, to chill out. My main takeaway there is, like Chelsea's position in the top four is pretty safe. I mean, I know we're talking about April showers here, but it's been a long, um, arduous campaign. Uh, this team has gone through a lot over the last two and a half years. Um, when they're not fighting for their lives, they're in big time emotional cup finals and wondering if colleagues that they see around the stadium grounds are going to be there still. Wondering who the owner is. I, I saw uh, a lot of emotions boil over. And particularly with Asbe de Quetta, um, I, I saw Saka's post-match interview. And um, <laughs> he kind of admitted to, to, he was cheeky about it, but he, he, he knew that he had to fall in that situation. He was holding Asbe de Quetta the entire time. I think what you saw from Asbe de Quetta was a, a justifiably uh, frustrated uh, man at the end of that game. Um, and he's a captain and a lot of people are calling that captaincy into, into question right now, everyone's already crowned Mason Mount. Um, his contract's been extended. We'll see what that means for the summer, but just a couple months ago, everyone thought he had one foot in Barcelona. So I think it's just been a very tiring year for everybody involved. And this club could really do with an off season. And it won't even be us. a chill one. <laughs> No. I mean, look, man, I think the one benefits from this awful World Cup that we're going to be experiencing in November is the club that we support is finally going to get a rest. Now, I know they're going to be touring the United States. Maybe you guys have already gotten into that, but I think everyone just needs a proper holiday at this point. 
Yeah, understandable. Euros, Nations Leagues, qualifying campaigns, Champions Leagues, you know, extended seasons. It's all happened. Dan, I was a little surprised that Tuca was pro-fan anti-Aspie with his comments. He said he felt like he understood why the fan felt the way he did. Well, he was, he was empathizing with the energy of the situation. I don't think he was condoning it. He was just huh. allowing himself to be in the shoes of the situation and to provide commentary maybe you know just like he covered for a lot of things maybe he was covering for the fan you know he was covering for that fan in that moment cover for a lot of players today too and some of his statements after the match as well yeah <laughs> weird yeah. to cover for christensen and not aspie look strange one yeah, that strange for the one. groundskeeper come on man <laughs> every nobody <laughs> was safe to work every fucking day to tend the grass and they're still not even good at it, apparently. So, ah, oh, you hey. you fucking get out too, Brandon. Come you know on, that's now the third time my head has been called for in this episode. I think we need to tone it the fuck down a little bit. Yes, right? you're taking your arsenal anger out on me, and I am the friendly in this situation. You can't keep getting away with it, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Arsenal fan TV, we can't do it. All right, let's go ahead and take our quick break. Uh, when we're back, though, we'll jump right into that fugly performance. So thank you to the sponsor for Financial Sporting Show. We'll be right back. All right, our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well, it's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in. You know, we're all focused on our macros with protein, carbs, and, and fat. And now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more... Uh, durable resistant immune system. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Again, I do it. It's easy. It's fast. It's quick. Uh, I throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work, drink it, it it goes down quickly uh and like i said you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily uh but hey don't listen to me athletic greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews it's recommended by professional athletes and is trusted by leading health experts such as tim Ferriss and michael Gervais. so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills supplements to look out for your gut health to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Uh, you know what? Normally I go to Dan for this, but I just feel like that is uh, toying with the hornet's nest. So, Nick, uh, we have content this week, and it's coming out on a Thursday, and you're going to tell me of a three-part Tinkerman coming? What are, what are we in, a Twilight Zone? So we were joking with Second Joe Saturday? on Sunday. We were like, hey, Joe, you're going to try and fit the Tinkerman into one episode, <laughs> right? And he's like... Yeah, absolutely. Some sometimes, you know, one topic takes 45 minutes. So what do they do? They produced two and a half hours of content yesterday and we're like, "Hey, what if it were three parts instead of two?" And we're like, "I don't know. How many how many how many days are in this month, Joe? Like what's happening?" So, who knows how this will all happen. Hopefully they're broken out into nice little convenient chunks that you can 
piece together yourself, but we're, we'll have a few of those coming out. Obviously, we play West Ham on Sunday, which is just sure to be a treat. Um, so we'll see how that goes on, on Monday. Chelsea women play Spurs, as a reminder. Um, that's a really, really big match, so please tune into that. And then at some point, obviously, you guys know that we will have Matt Law back on to discuss uh, whoever makes the finalist as, as the bid. So uh, lots of content coming up, and uh, maybe we're going to try and get our friend King Canners back on the show, too. So, Ooh, what a tease on that one. <laughs> All right. Well, look, topic one, fugly performance. And uh, to define that, it would be the exact opposite of good is how mm. we are going to mm-hmm. lead off of this one. So a little bit of Arsenal voodoo, which is super annoying. Uh, Add up to Joe making another appearance here with two. Eddie Nketiah is the first Arsenal player to score a brace against Chelsea in the Premier League since October 2011 when actual good footballer Robbie Van, Robin Van Persie <laughs> netted a hat trick repaid. <laughs> Uh, our last six matches matches against Arsenal are fucking shocking, Dan. And I think that today, the visceral reaction I have... So I was actually at work and Elizabeth was over for... We had to print something because, again, we're millennials and don't own printers. Um, and like God, I no. ac- actually like threw like my pen at the wall because I was just like so physically frustrated that we're losing to such a shit Arsenal. Turns out I should be used to it at this point. It... It's crazy to think, but if you go back in the last six matches that we have had against this awful, awful Arsenal team, let's unable, just say, uh, underline, underline the word awful post banger fucking times that cast away a manager that could very well win the Champions League with Villarreal. Good evening, Dan. Good evening, fucking indeed. Not to us, but to other people. <laughs> God damn it. Loss 4 2. Win 2 0, lost 1 0, lost 3 1, lost 2 1, draw 2 2. That is terrible. Terrible for us. I think this is like, let's just talk about this. The thing that pisses you off so much about a result like this is you could see it coming from a mile away. If you paid any attention to Chelsea over the last decade, this is an easy, easy pothole game. They're terrible. They're on a run of awful form. We made fun of them at the weekend. We advance in the cup. We play incredible against Real Madrid. We just beat Southampton 6-0 on a flyer. The team's playing well. Even Timo Werner scoring goals. You're like, who could possibly stop us now? Us. We can stop us all the time. And we played this god-awful team. Arteta also played a B team today. And their B team beat us. I mean, Granite Xhaka was in midfield by himself well, and El wasn't Nenny. challenged. <laughs> El Nenny of all people. Basically playing in the back line. I mean, this is a disastrous performance. It was so bad. They are shit. They are actual shit. And we just got countered to death by them in our own building. And it was disgraceful. I mean, I hate losing to these guys more than any other team in the world. In the entire world, this fucking team is the team I hate losing to the most. And I cannot believe in front of God and everyone that they went out there and put that performance in today. I mean, it's the reason I'm ready for the offseason. It's just I can't I can't with this. Mike, floor's open after that. <laughs> well, damn, Nick. I had to say it, man. I yeah. it just it drove me nuts. Yeah. To be fair, one of their goals was a, a just a trademark Arteta build from the back. Uh, where <laughs> I think someone got Meg twice. Uh, uh, 
we just slept walk through this game and consider it a long play with Chelsea just to keep Arteta at the helm. And now with the bonus of maybe having Arteta possibly in Europe too. So I'm not really sure what it is about these guys. Usually when they've beaten us in, in recent history, they've put up really good performances. I can't even say that about them this, this time. Uh, it was just mental lapse after mental lapse. Uh, the grounds crew being thrown under the bus because they gave that ball away and not the lazy pass of Christensen. I was really confused by that too, especially given where Christensen's headed this off season. I, I don't know what to make of this. I saw the team sheet and I couldn't even work up, honestly, the emotion to really care about some of the names that were on it. I was surprised by some of it, but with the end result being what it was, I can't say I was that surprised given how some of these players approach this game. And it's, it's really games like this that make you wonder why even generate content this week, because they didn't really care all that much to go out there. If they were going through the motions, why, why aren't I catharsis? It is catharsis. It's an opportunity to try and expel some of the negative energy. What I would say if how's you that, had one how's team, that going so far, Dan? It's going good for me. I think we're gonna. I think we're fine. Uh, you think we solved it? Yeah. Brandon well, just I, went. I at, Brandon just went. <laughs> Brandon went at you like asked Billy Quetta went at the fan. <laughs> for every action, um, there's an equal and opposite reaction. <laughs> Look, there was one team that circled this date on the calendar and made this the equivalent of their Champions League final, and there was one team who's like, we're about to play our 63rd, 64th, 65th match in a season when you add up all these extra 120-minute matches we play through, that's like, can we just fucking be done? Can we get a COVID break at some point here in the season? Can we not have injuries to our most valuable players in key positions? We're, we're just trying to get by, man. Like, I, I think as we talk about Tuchel, I think there were some very clear gaffes from him in terms of what he did in terms of selection today. But this team is just trying to get by to the end of the season and I think is running on a lot of fumes right now to make that happen. Yeah, I mean, Brandon brought this up. You know, I, I, I'm i old enough to remember at the beginning of the season, um, 15 years ago, I think it was, at the beginning of the season, and we were just foaming at the mouth with the amount of depth that was in this team. We had a second player for every position. And, you know, we were winning these games when we'd mix up our you know selections and, you know, Alonzo would play okay. And even Timo Werner was getting a goal and, you know, Kai Havertz wasn't even playing yet, but wait till he comes back. And like, you know, all of the, all the storylines we've been through this year. And then to see the moment that you take Tiago Silva out of this defense, a 37 billion year old player <laughs> out of the defense math, the whole thing falls apart like a house of cards. I mean, it is it is disgraceful what happened today. And I, I you know, again, you look at this and you're like, how, how your kiddie pool depth is right? Like, how deep are we really? Like, if you if you put it out there like that, it doesn't look good. And like, Alonzo shouldn't be playing this many games in a row, obviously, you know. But like, it's him. even then you don't have anyone else. <laughs> it's I say it's him or Saul. Look, our be- so a couple things here, right? 
Uh, our backline being Malang Sar, Andres Christensen, and Reese James is not an ideal back three center backs to have for very obvious reasons. Uh, the fact that you put, you know, not the speediest Spaniards as wing backs, it just very, very obvious gaps that uh, they were able to attack. Christensen having an absolute nightmare doesn't help. I mean, Angola Conte and Ruben were. I bet if you could see their heat map, I mean, I'm sure it was a figure eight. They'd run forward and then run back and it just nonstop for those two. Um, but like, Dan, I have to refute your Champions League statement for them. Like this team is down and out. Arsenal, I don't think they can't like, yeah, they're elevated because they want to come out and they're playing again away at Chelsea. But like they just lost to Southampton, Brighton and Crystal Palace. Like they they were had to been looking around the locker room wondering what can we do to get ourselves out there? Scored zero goals in those matches. Correct. Right, but they also had an XG of like six and a half or seven total goals. My point being, I I think we... That's why I hate that stat. If you don't give them that first goal, it's a completely different match. Like literally gifting them life is what happened today. They were down and out. They were just poking around, trying to figure something out. Christensen with the shocking pass, lets Nketiah go in and then... They have life and energy and excitement again. We we dominated the first 30 minutes of this game. It was comfortable. I even tweeted out, boy, if we get a goal, this could be comfortable. Because it was so easy to pass the ball around. And within 30 minutes, after all the domination, we were down. <laughs> and they had scored two goals. I hope um, you deleted <laughs> that tweet just for your own sanity. <laughs> nah, it's something about on. these uh, late season fixtures against Arsenal where we just love giving them goals. And... I really am curious to see how Chelsea go about finishing the year. They've had a couple of really confusing results lately where they, they tap into their hearts of champions and then they mail it in. And I don't know how this is going to yo-yo. I do feel like this FA cup final is pretty big. I feel like it's been a tough climb to get there. Got to get that FA cup monkey off of your back, showing up in the final, being the bridesmaid and all and going up against a rival club in Liverpool that already has the banter on you just from the table and the Carabao Cup final. I really hope that they finish strong. If you want to open up your third eye and your soccer Illuminati hat, um, maybe there's some positives from this result for Thomas Tuchel's long play. Hear me out. You had a prospective owner in the sands yet again. It's looking like he's closing in on the bid. You have things like U.S. tours being announced, and, and that stuff is already being signed off, so we know that a, a deal is near. Thomas Tuchel, very uncharacteristically, takes a shot at the grounds crew. There are glaring, glaring uh, weaknesses in this starting 11. What if Thomas Tuchel, who is held in high regard by whichever prospective owners we've read about how Marina is... Uh, courted by all the ownership groups to say, what if Thomas Tuchel is using this opportunity, not that he went in there with the intention to lose, but is spinning this into a positive saying, look, this is what I need. It was right in front of you. I need a new grounds crew. I need a new <laughs> left back. I, I, I don't think it's all negative for Thomas Tuchel today, which probably might help explain a very peculiar post-match session from him let's hope but to be fair like the amount of poise and like calmness that he's had throughout the most ridiculous time and the fact that who was it going through personal stuff too yeah i mean i I forgot who it was they called the club out but they're just like the fact that the club sat back and didn't say jack shit this entire time and just put tuchel in front of the media twice a week 
was that was poor form on them. I mean, Petrchek didn't say anything for weeks. Uh, it, it was just very bad. Anyways, uh, Naz wrapping this one up with a uh, tweet saying, it is the first time Chelsea have lost three home games in a row since 1993. They've also conceded four more goals for two consecutive league games for the first time since 1989. Those are some throwback years I know because I'm old enough to uh, have seen both of those years. I was too. <laughs> I think everyone on this podcast was. So anyways, uh, number two is Tuchel's predicament. Tommy tries to thread the needle and fumbles today. Damn, Dan. Yeah, Dan. Harsh words. Fucking fucking Dan over here with your American football references and your... (laughs) It's the American takeover, right? American owner, American (laughs) tour... Probably going to end up with Budweiser as the official beer at Stanford Bridge. Come on. It's it's coming. To be Next fair, point. though, it is the king of beer stand, so. <laughs> Sing is shocking. Who knows? <laughs> uh, look, to call the quote, uh, we need to have the tactics right. It's doubtful I ha- if I had this right, and you need the team selection right. I, it's <laughs> doubtful I got that right. Very fair statement. Very fair self-assessment. It's like when you're writing your self-appraisal at the end of the year, and you're like, what did I do well? What did I not do well? Thomas care, went in. Thomas went too in much, on the Dan. not well <laughs> section. The I problem is I care too much. Tried and I way think too hard. Yeah. I. Yes, you got them both wrong. And you didn't go aerate the pitch yourself ahead of the, the match, which I thought was really selfish. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, like, you, you, you why, why would you select your B team for this match? I mean, I'm sure they're all in the red, you know, the the fitness levels that they do. But, like, it's Arsenal at home. You want to build goodwill back. You beat the shit out of Arsenal at home, and then you fuck around with West Ham on Sunday. Like, fewer people will care about that. Like, pick your battles appropriately. This is uh, not the way to do it, unfortunately, Mike. They don't have to go on Twitter and deal with Arsenal Twitter. Uh, yeah. I guess. Uh, the, I, that's the worst why people we- in the world. That's that's why we want this one so bad. Um, well, that and several other reasons, but we're just running the clock out. Another American football cliche. It's just get this thing over with already. It's been a wild ride, a wonderful ride, honestly, when you get a treetop view. And I'm already at that treetop view, which thankfully makes this game less exhausting than it was. But I wanted to watch every second. I was so locked in because I was joining my favorite Chelsea podcast. That's right. And just... (laughs) just, (laughs) They just wasted our time. They wasted it. I think yeah, I think it's really I think it's tough for Tuchel with the back line type of thing. You know, Rudiger, injury, Silva, managing fitness. And then you're between Reese and, and Aspie for the right center back. But like Christensen, clearly, you know, you're at this point, I'd put Ruben Loftus cheek back at sweeper and bring in Chalaba. Like at least Man, they're going to be Chalaba? here next season. Uh, yes. Th- this match should have been an email, guys. And I think that's the, <laughs> that's really the, the point that I would make here. But yeah, I mean, where it, you're telling me that Chalaba, who has been way more good than bad this year has made a couple of crucial mistakes. No doubt about it. Right. Young, but, but I mean, are you kidding me? He's a diamond in the rough. He has all the athleticism that you need. He's played really well. He should have had the game winning assist in the Carabao cup final. Like he's, he's a stud waiting to happen. You're telling me that 
you're going to throw Malang Sar or Christensen out there today in, in place of him on form? Like, Malang Sar can play in a back four. He can't play in a back three. He's never been able to play in a back three. We've had to play him in a four every time we played uh, Malang Sar this season, mostly in the FA Cup and Carabao Cup. It doesn't work. He doesn't have the wherewithal to pull it off. Uh, and he's a little was- reckless. There's a reason why they were super comfortable, Arsenal were, to let Saar uh, play down the left-hand side the entire time. If you look at, like, the past trajectory, like, this massive circle of Saar being a central distributor is not a good thing. That is the opposite of good. Again, that was a bad-looking pass map. And you were hoping, you were hoping maybe, hey, maybe Reese James has a similar size bubble on the right-hand side. And Arsenal's like, nah, we're not going to let that happen. We're going to let Saar make the mistake. And, you know, he, uh, he making mistakes in attack and defense is not a uh, not frequently something you see from a defender. They don't typically get it done on both ends of one match. And he did both. So, uh, you know, stellar, stellar day out. I, uh, I hesitantly bring up Christensen because I've obviously probably the most anti-Christensen person on the podcast. Um, so... I think I'm going to put my bias aside and open up in case anyone else wants to talk about him because I think uh, my record has been stated many, many times. Wow. You're, uh, you're punting on Christensen. Shock. <laughs> that is, uh, that's something. Look, okay. It, it takes I'll take bravery. I'm not going to lie. All right. I'll take, I'll take the bait. Uh, I thought Christensen, <laughs> I thought Christensen at his absolute apex last year was our best defender. The AC Penitentiary, I was a believer. I I loved Christensen. I thought he made so many strides on his distribution. And now to see what he's become this year is, is he's just a confusing mess of a player. Uh, it's I when you look at <laughs> clearly the contract negotiations and the switching of agents mid negotiation has fucked with him. I it, it's very clear because I hope he's, he signed that fucking contract. Is what I hope he did because. Yeah. Otherwise, that dude just lost a lot. Can you lot imagine of money. like putting your sixty-day notice in your apartment, leaving, and then having your other <laughs> lease fall out, and he's literally like in a U-Haul van driving around looking for apartments? Yeah, I hope uh, I hope the tampering was good, and you got a big beefy salary that uh, will mostly be on the books. Um, <laughs> I like I. This is the mess that FIFA has played itself into. It seems as though Cass only feels obligated to act when we're involved, but mm. they institute all these weird transfer sanctions and then the top echelon of clubs in, in La Liga just find ways around it. And now they are actually ruining football because you can't get an ROI on some of these players now because they are going to tamper and tamper and tamper and people are going to run the clock out on their contracts and you're going to be left at the altar with nothing while these agents of chaos are actively manipulating these players. And I say agents of chaos both ways, player agents who are largely to blame, honestly, and Mm -hmm. the clubs. They are just finding a willing pawn in Barcelona and and Real Madrid right now because of circumstances. The agents are a real problem here, as we saw specifically with Christensen. Totally unsettled this back line, which last year was the best in the world. It was the best back line in the world. And when we think about great back lines in Chelsea history, that might might be number one, quite honestly. And it's just been it's totally there. thrown away. It's a shame that it was a relative flash in the pan. These were guys varying in age, but I would have loved to have seen that core play it out 
for years on end, but because of injury and different timelines and different contracts, we're not going to get to see it. Christensen, I think is the epitome. If we were to look at one player to represent all of Chelsea, it would be Andres Christensen because when it's bad, Oh boy, is it ugly? Is it, it's mystifying. It's head scratching. And when he's at the top of his game, you can make an argument. He's best in the world. And we, we wrote him in part. There's one of the great appearances in, in, in unfortunate circumstances in that champions league final. All, mm-hmm. I will always have positive memories of Christensen, but I'll think about that champions league giveaway against Barcelona. I'll think about this giveaway to Arsenal. I'll think about the gaps. I'll think about the agent. I'll think about him being out the door when the season started. And it's a damn shame because he was one of my favorites and he's made by Cobham. Oh, but he, we didn't realize he signed the contract for Barcelona Bay and, uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> There's a Barcelona in Argentina, right? Uh, There's a <laughs> um, yeah, oh, look, no, the agent screwed me. I, I think, uh, again, if if Silva's able to play a majority of these matches to the end of the year, you know, good night and good luck. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how Barcelona or Real Madrid are pulling this off when they are billions of pounds in debt now, collectively. Uh, I think that's a really interesting thing that... Don't worry about it. It it'll just happen uh, because of government prop ups or whatever. But uh, while the government's actively uh, taking a role in in what Chelsea's going through right now, that's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, I mean, the whole. I mean, it's not just him. You look at this team today, and Brandon just highlighted the name on the sheet, Lukaku. We were. If you were on Twitter today, it was Chaco block full of, do you remember when he played Arsenal that first game? Do you remember when I got the prediction right and he scored within 15 minutes? Do you remember how good you felt in that moment? We were like, holy shit, we're going to burn this league to the ground this year. He kissed the badge, Nick. He kissed the badge. Stood in front of the fans, did the shush to the Arsenal fans. It was just like all of the banter you've ever wanted in one moment. And you're like, this is the greatest thing ever. We just, we're going to win everything. And then to see the shell of the player that he has become and some of the just abject laziness that's out there right now. And it, it just you you couldn't believe that you were watching the same player. If you put those two highlight packages up next to each other, you'd just be like, what is this? Who is this player? Just it's send him, crazy. Send him to PSG already. I, I never want to see him perform in a Chelsea shirt ever again. It didn't work the first time. Brought him back. I thought he was a different player. We got got. Uh, I I bought a Lukaku yellow shirt, and I still haven't put it on, and I never will. It's just I, I've been so out on this guy for months on end. I never want to see him again. Never do. Um, let me see if I can find a good one here. Eh, we'll go with this. Lukaku had ten less touches than Ramsdale today. Oh my <laughs> God. Are you kidding me? He that had 22. Is... Ramsdale had 32. Suar- <laughs> Suarez, who came out in the second half, had 20. Lacazette had four, and Martinelli had 10. So, I mean, guys that, that played day. 15, 20 minutes had comparable touches. Oh my God. Yeah, it's just, it's over. And and to wrap on on Dan's point, uh, Malangsar had 142 touches, the most of anyone by a mile. Uh, Marcus Alonso was second in the entire match with 92, so he had 50 more touches not, than anyone else. Not the way you wanted to build an attack this day at all. 
That, that, that is the opposite of, of good. Yep. It's not how you draw it up, Dan. So Lukaku had one shot, um, you know, none on target. It, it was not <laughs> ideal for him, I think, you're, in any way. You're searching for stats that don't exist no, because they, exist. they don't exist. like, how do you bury someone so so poorly, especially when you compare him to Nketiah, who, you know, was man of the match and had like a, a nine rating. So uh, I think that experiment is done and buried, especially, you know, Mike talked about it, but like Kai Havertz has played that role just fine. Like we're actually better with Mason and Timo or Ziyech or Pulisic, whoever around them. It's much more fluid. It's much more dynamic. We press the shit out of teams. Like all you do with him is you throw him on to bully people and he's disinterested. He's not even looking for contacts anymore. Like that's what he did against Arsenal. He would big body someone in the lane, seal him off, roll and bury none none interest at whatsoever i mean the ball dropped to him in the box in the second half when we're chasing a goal and he he couldn't even get on the right side of the defender and he had a leg up because he's already inside the fucking box like brandon those are excellent points i mean they say in the M- in the nba rebounding and 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 defense to a degree um there are some physical limitations but rebounding in particular is about will yeah mm-hmm. and i think lukaku when he was in an inter milan shirt his his bully ball, his hold-up play, that takes a physical toll, and you need to be in on that playing cell. You need to be all in. And you're seeing a player go through the motions, and he doesn't have the will, the desire, the professionalism to go in there and mix it up and play like he used to. He just doesn't want the contact. He doesn't want any of the smoke. He wants the first flight out. Um, and I think everything that you highlighted in his play is – emblematic of a guy that's just totally checked out once that sky italia interview came out wasn't that like september early october (laughs) uh it's november but it feels like 10 years ago i I mean oh i think i also gave it in october but it came out in november (laughs) I, I, i think it's i think it's gonna be really interesting to see how this transfer in particular impacts future transfers because I think if you're Chelsea, you can make a strong argument that there's like a self-sabotage element to signing a player for a hundred million pounds or whatever, or just shy of that. And then for them to go completely and utterly off the reservation and drop form, like, and so Chelsea's going to have to sell them at a loss. Obviously Same you're not shit getting, he did with United, Yeah, but <laughs> there, I mean, that has to be like, they're, it has to be like a clause in a contract or something now because they're like hundred million pounds is an absurd number to pay for a, any player or pay for a building. Uh, like it was a, it's a shit ton of money and to have the person that you pay that money for sabotage their way out of a team and lose you. Mo- like, I don't know. I think there's something really fishy about that. Honestly. Uh, we had to know that he's a very mental or fragile mental player. We saw it at United. We've seen it at Everton. We saw it at Inter. When it works, it works. When it doesn't, it's not. And he was even willing to leave Inter when it was the best moment of his career, which in hindsight should have probably also been a red flag. Like, you're willing to leave the best situation ever. Granted, Conte left, but like, hmm, interesting, interesting uh, situation. Um, I think we touched on most of the Tuchel quotes here. Uh, I think Mason and Timo, we talked about being good, but like there's so much bad that overshadowed them that it's just like, it's hard to really, you know, get into that at this one. So as we look to, um, you know, 
the results from this midweek round and, and the table, we have to figure out very quickly what we're going to do in the last uh, seven matches of the season. So obviously Chelsea losing 2-4 to Arsenal, Everton drawing with Leicester 1-1, Newcastle beating Palace 1-0, Man City uh, left it late, but then turned it on against Brighton 1-3-0, and then yesterday Liverpool smacking Man United around 4-0. So tables that stand, City at the top with 77 points on 32 matches played, Liverpool on 76 points, 32 played, Chelsea third, 62 points, 31 played, and then this is where kind of the train, the pileup is happening. So Spurs are in fourth right now on 57 points. So five back with an extra match played on 32. Arsenal 57 as well, also on 32. United sixth on 54, but they played 33. West Ham are on 52, have also played 33. So kind of that four through seven um, are all fighting for that last Champions League spot. But to be quite yeah. honest, I think Arsenal and United really? should be happy they're in, in European spots whatsoever. So. Dan? I mean, but you look at the table, Dan. If you win this game today or even get a draw, I, I mean, Arsenal is toast. Like, they're done. That would, that would have been the end of their run. Yeah, I mean, the you know, at a certain point, I was like, ah, a draw would be okay. And then uh, we lost. And then I was like, well, that's unfortunate. Um because the, the extra really great play-by-play play there, Dan. That went was, back to that work was as if special nothing stuff had happened. There. And everyone is so surly today. Yeah, I know. It's, it's great. Um, look, I'm not worried about top four. I'm just going to say it. And uh, you know what? Someone can come back and clip this after the fact if it turns out that the worst of the worst possibly happens. But when you look at who we have left to play, who Arsenal have left to play, who Tottenham have left to play, and considering the fact we have one extra game in hand, and we already have a lead, because again, points on the board do not lie. We have the cushion. We built the cushion earlier. We, if we didn't fuck up in a lot of games, giving away goals later in the season, we still could have been in the title race in one of our worst, most calamitous seasons of outside forces impacting this side. Like, that is the type of thing, like... Thomas Tuchel lifetime contract because even in today where he had to figure out how to stitch something together, still well, he, he didn't exactly figure it out today, Dan. To be fair, <laughs> well, he, he figured on, out Dan. not to end up with <laughs> a major injury to, to another player. But he had to, Nick. <laughs> uh, he stitched together that great uh, summer uh, bully's going to line up. Uh, Could uh... <laughs> be stitching together artificial turf once we get an American owner <laughs> he's, in there. He's just, he's just <laughs> to out play there some soccer. Thread, just. I, I just I, I know that you're on the opposite end of it, Nick, but I just, I'm not concerned with the last part of the season. I think you do just enough in every match to get a few more wins, because if you look at the fixtures, there's no way both Tottenham and Arsenal finish on max points. They play each other. They play each other. So in that case, they're both going to drop at least two points, if not one dropping three. If you're Thomas Tuchel. And you look at the remaining fixtures of which we will go through in a second. It, like I have to imagine after seeing the defense play as bad as they have over the last six weeks, um, that just go out there and play safe. Don't overextend yourself. You don't have to live in the opponent's box. You don't have to have 92% possession to match. You really don't. Uh, you can sit back, you can absorb pressure you can hopefully get some of our faster uh, front players uh, in acres of space to go take advantage of, of breakaways and things like that. 
but you cannot continue to leak goals if you're going to make top four like this. I mean, the the blessing and the curse of having that extra game in hand is, of course, you know, if you win that and you're level, you're, you know, three points up from where we are. You're on 65, they're on 57. You, know, you make a really strong case that it's done and dusted at that point. But the downside is if you continue to lose, <laughs> it's an extra game that you can lose, right? So it's, uh, you got to go out there and it has to be safety first. It has to be everyone hunkering down, playing really strong defense, getting Mendy back into a clean sheet run. I mean, he's been poor lately too. I know no one wants to say it, but it's been bad. So I, all of that safety, don't fuck it up. I'm glad you mentioned that Nick at the, it's weird. Um, the path that he's taken to some balls, it's just a little lackadaisical. I'm not sure if that's just the sheer amount of games he's played. I know they had the the African championships that he that he took part in. I'm not I'm not really sure what was going on, but there was even today, there was some some places, some some of the goals didn't end up going in, but there were just some very curious paths that he took that he didn't look like he had his legs underneath him. When there's cracks in the team, they definitely reverberate to like all parts of it. And I think that like nobody has com- a lot of confidence right now, which is kind of weird. Um, but what, like the second the team in front of you gets shaky, I mean, he had a brand new back three in front of him. And then that pass from Christensen, like now he's in pins and needles and it just it reverberates to the team, which sucks. Um, Dan tweeted uh, the remaining fixtures for us, Tottenham and Arsenal. So we have West Ham United. Uh, Manchester United, Everton, Wolves, Leeds, Leicester, Watford, with a maximum points of 83, which is important because because Tottenham and Arsenal have max points of 75. So we essentially have eight to gift. Hope we don't. <laughs> uh, Tottenham still have Brentford, Leicester, Liverpool. It's really not the way to look at that. <laughs> Arsenal, Burnley, Norwich, and Arsenal have United, West Ham, Leeds, Tottenham, Newcastle, Everton. So. I mean, pretty similar amongst them. I love that uh, Tottenham still have to play Liverpool. That's a big one. The fact that Tottenham and Arsenal have to play each other, someone's going to drop points in there. Um, so I think best case scenario is like Tottenham loses to Liverpool and then beats Arsenal, and that kind of negates everyone at that point, and we see how it shakes out. But I love the confidence, Dan, putting Chelsea at 99% chance to qualify for Champions League. Oh, that's 538 oh. in our predictive models, but I do think it's... Uh, we're, we're probably going to finish third. I, I think it's going to be very hard because none of these teams are firing on cylinders. Brentford is Brentford is hard. Leicester's been playing hard. Liverpool's been playing hard. Arsenal and Tottenham, look, the best thing that they could do is they could figure out a way to just, you know, Thanos snap themselves both out of existence. Then we don't have to worry about either of them. Um, then, you know, they get Burnley and Orch. But, I mean, Arsenal will get probably three points from, you know, Man United, but West Ham's going to be tough for them. Leeds is no picnic. Again, Tottenham. Newcastle, who are just absolutely on fantastic form. And Everton, who seemingly want to very much play with fire and go down to the wire to the last day on if they will or won't. Yeah. <laughs> Stay up. Playing playing Everton and Leeds is a little bit annoying since um, you know, they're in the relegation fight a little bit. But Nick, two teams would have to pass us to miss out on Champions League. Again, you're in a good position, still have to go take care of business. Everything is there for us to do it. It's about as good as you could write it at this point. It's all about what we do. We hold the cards. So if we go out and we stop leaking goals and we start 
managing these games better and we start introducing subs not all at once and not in weird ass formations and stuff like that and we get someone to fucking fix the field that we play on like if we can do all that we'll we'll be fine and you know then of course you want to give yourself the moments mike to focus on the fa cup final because i agree with you i think it's a major inflection point for how the next season goes i think if you go out and win that thing you carry momentum into the summer and you've beaten the the team that you're that that's the next ladder to or the next rung on the ladder to climb then things are way different than if you don't. Absolutely. I, I think it, it sends such a message, regardless of what happens with Liverpool's Champions League chase. I think everyone, I, I they obviously bought themselves a lot of capital with the, uh, the Champions League victory. And then seemingly you know, over the course of a, a couple of months and, and a war and all that upheaval, we're not exactly sure where this team is positioned because just a couple of months ago, it felt like, you had this really young core and this tremendous back line and it was only going to get better from there. And I do think that we lose sight of that considering the nightmarish season that we've had, if it ends with a major trophy, because I do think the FA cup is a major trophy, regardless of the banter aside, it's one that Chelsea in particular really want. And if you beat Liverpool in a final, I know you were all in the pubs wanting that Carabao cup final it meant a lot to you when you were in it. And finals like that really increase the value of those of those trophies. I think it sends a message that's saying, yeah, we were down in the league this year. We were down in cup competitions for the most part this year. It's understandable. We had injuries. We had our owner um, all of a sudden sanctioned. And we'll be back. And we'll be coming for you next year. I think it, it, it sends everybody off into good vibes and finally a vacation for once for, for the players in this club, that's definitely earned it. So I really hope they can position themselves to actually be in a bit of good form headed into that Liverpool game, because I am hinging a lot of my off season vibes on that match. <laughs> it, it definitely will be the, this, it is bouncing on a scale right now of how excited we'll be heading into the summer or not, because if we lose it again, for another time in recent history. Uh, Third straight year. Yeah, that would not be ideal. Particularly in the last two years. Very questionable. Very questionable we should have lost those. Many people are saying it, Mike. Many people are saying it. Many are saying that. I am very curious to see what the referee assignment is. If it's Anthony Taylor, then we can just I'm not. Just, we, don't have to, we don't have to show up. It'll I'm just, just be. just not. Yeah. yeah. I'll just be waiting for the club in Vegas. Here, here's the problem, though. Like. Is there a referee that will do a good job for this match? Is there one? <laughs> no. Stuart no. Atwell. No, 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 no <laughs> Come no. on down. It's, it's, um, who, was, who was on VAR today? Who's retiring? We didn't even. Who's retiring? Dude. Uh, Mike Dean? Yes, Mike Dean He'll is retiring. He'll get it. 100%. Oh, He'll get the magic, it. Oh, the magic of Dean. Yeah. Yep. Sunset Great. him on that I, one. So I, I would like to I would like to point out that this match was such a disastrous affair that none of us could feign the energy when it comes to critiquing that VAR review on the PK. It was just it's accepted around this entire Zoom what garbage that entire thing was that it wasn't even worth mentioning. Yeah, it was it was a uh, it was shambles. I like I I saw it the first time and I was like, is that a penalty? And then they showed the replay and he's like clearly grabbing Aspie's arm and pulling him toward goal. 
it like and then they're gonna actually do the review see those angles and go yeah <laughs> got him <laughs> like you're what they couldn't what have seen that it? angle they, they couldn't have seen that angle yeah, I mean, it was uh, going back to John Oliver's most recent episode where it talked about like police interrogations, and they're like, "Oh, they just wait till he says they confessed, and then they're not gonna look for any more evidence." Like this is like, "Oh, no, no, he did it. I'm good. Var, no, 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 I'm good. I don't need to look at it. It was good." Yeah, I mean, but it was it was shocking before that that penalty didn't lose us the game. Obviously, that's just a unfortunate banter side effect of the shit show that was. Yeah, it definitely it was the the compounding escalation. Uh, for me that sent that pen into the wall but uh escalation (laughs) yeah wow that's how do i'm gonna think about that phrase for a while we gotta that that's going on a shirt soon (laughs) um all right well obviously no dan of the match uh and we did our review for part three so that's pretty much it so mike ryan ruiz thank you so much for blessing the podcast again with your presence we appreciate your busy man Thank you guys so much for uh, giving me the platform. Please make sure to subscribe to London is Blue. I love this podcast. And while you're at it, please make sure to subscribe to Chelsea Mike Depps, where Chris Whittingham and I have direct (laughs) access to the club. (laughs) They provide us such great guests. And, uh, you know, it's been the the job of a lifetime. So please check us out over there. Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> that is unbelievable what a what uh, but, a flex but, but real talk uh we love you lee parker uh you're a great guy i think we both can oh, be man. true uh without a doubt uh anyways um again enjoy your three and a half hours of tweeds and yaz uh as we roll into the weekend uh as we as we said west ham uh up next for chelsea on sunday so uh get ready uh, you're going to need a distraction, and the Tinkerman is perfect one. So, anyways, this is going to wrap us up. Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.